Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise dice today. Welcome back, initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. The past has come back to haunt the mystery punchers as they are drawn inexorably towards the site of their tragic origin, Helmfirth's Chapel of Contemplation. Visions caused Richter to succumb to madness and run into the ruins where he disappeared. In Helmfirth, nothing stays buried for long. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. Richter... You 
are consumed by uh, uh, a form of badness, a, a need to heroically storm the gates, um, haunted by visions of, of times gone by. Um, you, you storm into uh, the Chapel of Contemplation, seeking out uh, Pastor Michael Thomas. Uh, in your your fervent sort of uh, stupor, um, you push past the the entrance. Um, the The chapel itself is kind of at the end of a long, oddly um, almost crooked road. Uh, it sort of has its own little cul-de-sac that it it, it inhabits. Um, it's mostly overgrown now. Um, sort of stone, uh, stone base, um, but, uh, sort of burnt timber, everything kind of vaguely scorched, but it's been a long time. There's been a lot of rain, but of course for you, you can still smell the embers. Um, as you burst through the door, you stride in kind of heroically, um, and are surprised when the ground beneath you begins to give way and the, the soft, rotten, long burnt wood, finally gives way. So what I need from you is to roll a jump check. Uh, so <laughs> a jump check to attempt as you fall to kind of, I think of this less as jump to safety and more a brace your yourself as you go through the floor. Ooh, um, I'm going to, I failed it, but I'm going to spend luck on this one. Okay. To just get a regular success. Regular so success. I'm spending 10 luck to do that, I believe. There's nothing special. Excellent. No, nope, yeah, just 10 luck. All right. So the uh, the floor gives way. Um, you drop. Uh, you kind of. Um, I think ragdoll as you go down. Um, yeah. You, you've been around. Also, as an older person, if you fall, there's really only so much you can do. Um, but uh, yeah, you you kind of just uh, you you go sort of limp at the last second, um, and as a result, uh, I'm going to say uh, you only take one point of damage rather than the dice I would have rolled normally. Okay. Um, so again, there are, there are ways to heal up uh, later, um, sort of post-session. Um, this is, of course, a very minor, like, this hurts your leg a little bit. I but scrape myself or yeah, something. Yeah, but it's not, uh, yeah. it's more, I think, like, yeah, like an impact wound. Yeah. And you're just, I, it, it hurts, but it's not. I think Richter just kind of, like, starfishes down onto the <laughs> ground, like, onto his back, just. Great. Legs go out, but his arms just kind of come out, and he just hits the, hits the ground flat on his back. Um. So uh, you're surprised uh, to find yourself in a small chamber that seems less touched by fire. Um, still, still old and kind of waterlogged, um, but uh, it doesn't seem to. Uh, kind of quickly looking around, um, you can see that uh, where there was once a staircase um, it had been kind of buried in rubble. Um, so you, you seem to be in sort of a secret room um, of under some the sort. chapel. Yes. Um, so you can see uh, a cabinet, um, again, the, uh, the staircase that seems to have been uh, collapsed, uh, that seems sort of covered in rubble. Uh, but most notably, um, there are two skeletons dressed in tattered silk robes uh, that seem to be sort of lying next to each other. Um, so that's what you see from the ground. Um, I think a light rain begins to fall. So you're kind of uh, looking as, as sort of uh, raindrops begin to kind of um, spatter against your forehead as you as you're still on your back, starfished, kind of absorbing the pain of the impact, but also seeing these things around you. Um, and then, kind of over the lip of the um, the hole, uh, you see Adrian's face. Uh, Adrian, you look down. Um, you can kind of feel rain on the back of your neck. I think the tuxedo is actually very uncomfortable. It's very hot, um, and you're a big dude. 
so the rain is actually somewhat uh, of a relief. Um, but uh, looking down, you see Grandpa Richard starfished uh, amongst some kind of broken wood, uh, the two skeletons, and the cabinet. What do you do? Uh, how far down is it? Can I safely climb down? Uh, yes. I think if you're not surprised, like the room is probably a 10 foot tall ceiling. So yeah, if you just kind of drop, drop yeah, I'll down. like clamor down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To go check on him. Are you, are you okay? Grandpa Richard? Oh, little Addy. I, uh, thank you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm all right. Okay. Uh, and then I just like, put a hand on either side of his chest and just sort of like pick him up and put him on his feet. <laughs> sure. Um, Richter, I think you, you stumble a little bit as he does just cause you know, it's, it's, it's going to be joint pain <laughs> from, yeah. from here yeah. on out. Um, but, uh, but you're used to it. I think you just kind of dust yourself off. Uh, meanwhile, red, um, you've seen, um, all this happen. I think you clamber out of the car. Um, can you please roll, um, a spot hidden check? That that is a uh, extreme success. Hard success. Oh, hard success. Hard success. Nice. So the um, obviously you're concerned, but seeing Adrian kind of look down and then hop down without a huge sense of like with with haste but not urgency. Yeah, um, gives you some relief. Uh, okay. Obviously, like <laughs> you know, he's not fucking dead at the bottom of the pit. Although it is Adrian, so like maybe. Grapple uh. <laughs> Richard's sleeping. Um, <laughs> Honestly, that's what you know. I would have tried. Oh, he's taking a nap, <laughs> and then you'd be like, "Oh fuck, he's dead." Um, but I think I think as you as you start to move, you hear just kind of you can hear Richter talking from like you you just hear a little bit of the their exchange. Um, so you slow your pace as you approach the church. Um, and again, really, this is looking at, at kind of rubble, admittedly, but you remember uh, the last the last time you, you remember being entering this place was was in a different life. Um, what's odd, though, is uh, as you approach, you can see that even though the, the kind of stonework outside has been overgrown and you remember that it was once a, a very beautiful church, um, very finely worked, you, you I don't think I don't think you were ever particularly religious. And I think your family probably went more for appearances. Like it, it was odd in Helmfirth to not attend. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, like, I know the church that I went to very briefly as a kid, I was like, my family wasn't particularly religious, but my mom was like, Oh, you should give it a shot. And I remember <laughs> I spent a lot of time kind of staring at this building being like, interesting. Like what's going on? I'm, Obviously not absorbing the, the lessons I'm supposed to be. I'm looking at an architecture. So um, anyway, uh, needless to say, you're familiar with how it looked. And as you start to approach, you see the, the overgrown pieces and the rubble. Um, but your eye is also kind of drawn to some um, uh, some white, uh, just some glimpses of white. And as you approach, um, you can see that the, the sort of patterns of uh, triangles and lines and eyes... Uh, seems to have been painted on the rubble in a few places. Um, and the closer you get, um, you kind of get a sinking feeling in your stomach as you realize that it's been recently painted. I should have thrown Benny's letters away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Smash got back to down the pit. Who do you think the Dr. Skelemans are? I... I don't know. Do you recognize our robes at all? Uh, that's not... And I'm going to need clarification yep. from you, Tom. But uh, 
That is not typical clergy. You no. are correct. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Uh, and I'd like to... That sounds so formal what I'm about to say, but I'd like to investigate the skeletons. Sure, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I'll go search their pockets. Um, <laughs> Loot them. So, yeah, definitely not um, standard clergy robes. Um, you can't... Uh, it's hard to tell kind of what color they would have been because by now they're, you know, fairly rotten. Um, you can see that... Um, they, uh, as you kind of approach the skeletons, you notice that um, one of them seems to have a bag over its head um, that's that's rotted mostly away, um, but it's some kind of white fabric. Um, and uh, the other one isn't wearing one, but is wearing the robes. Um, the one that isn't wearing the, that doesn't have the bag over its head um, has a signet ring on its pinky finger that has the, the symbol with the eye uh, and the triangle. Um, at first glance, you can't see any, uh, obvious or visible, um, means of death. Like they, there's no like gunshot wound or, or knife wounds or anything. The bones are intact and bones are intact. Uh, as you begin to kind of examine them in the room though, um, you start to see some small scratches, um, on the walls. And I think examining their fingers, you can see that, um, they almost seem to be worn to nubs. Uh, Eddie, in your line of work, yeah, um, have you ever locked someone away in a room and denied them food and water for as long as it takes for them to go to sleep? Uh, no, you, it, it, that's not a good way for people to go to sleep fast. Because when you want them to go to sleep, it's just like, bam, lights out, you know? So they have good dreams. I'll hold up the skeletal remains, particularly the worn down hands, and I'll say, well, that, this, what I have described is exactly what happened to these two. And it looks like they laid down in the middle of the room after trying to get out and realizing that they could not. Okay. Can I have that ring? Because sometimes Red likes presents. Uh, yeah, and I'll toss him the ring. Sure, you, you crack the uh, the finger, like, bone off there's yeah. just enough sinew to still make it gross um and then uh yeah you you toss him the ring thanks is there anything else here that would make a good present what is in the cabinet yeah can you both roll me a spot hidden check uh <laughs> adrian because you're looking for presents <laughs> i have you so well trained richter because you're investigating a crime scene <laughs> I have an extreme success, Tom. I rolled a two. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, then I'll just keep my 85, Jesus. which is too high for success. So. <laughs> and I am so bad at this skill. <laughs> <sighs> so, <Yeah. laughs> oh, the answer to this mystery would make a good break gift. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> you crazy motherfucker. Um, all right, so... Um, you open the cabinet, uh, and you find that it's full of moldy church records. Like there just really isn't anything, but you remember that this one time you were trying to get your tuxedo on cause you were getting ready for a birthday party possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and always am you just couldn't find your left sock. It was just gone. But then you thought, well, wait a minute. 
What if I didn't leave it somewhere? What if Sprinkles left it somewhere? And then you started thinking like Sprinkles, and Sprinkles was small, so Sprinkles could get under things. And you looked under a cabinet, and sure enough, there was your sock. That Sprinkles was an asshole. Um, so thinking like Sprinkles, you drop down to all fours and begin wandering around. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and um, <laughs> sure enough. Addy, what are you doing? Under the cabinet. Be a Sprinkles. You see. Beer. Go ahead. Finish your fucking thought. I want to hear the rest of the bit. Beer. 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 This is why Richter can't succeed on a check because he's like just watching this grown ass man crawl around on the in floor in a tuxedo. Yeah. Meow. <laughs> uh, all right. So as you meow your way around, um, you manage to find you, you swat under the um, the cabinet uh, and you knock um, a a leather bound book out. Um, and it doesn't look like it was hidden. It kind of looks like it was forgotten. Like it looks real fucking old. Um, you're a little disappointed that it's not pirate treasure because you <laughs> think that's what Red would like the most. That's true. She likes gold. What other What other things do you think Red would like that you're disappointed it isn't? Pancakes. Uh, she likes those. Um, a new business. <laughs> Ouch. Um, so uh, it's neither of those things. Um, the tome kind of slides across uh, the floor um, and kind of comes to a stop in front of you, Richter. Uh, it's a leather-bound book um, that seems to be um, kind of like tied... You know um, books that are kind of tied off with a leather thong? It's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ignore the book and say, now this cat business, I think you're onto something. Uh, no, I'll, I'll Red, you appear, the, you. you appear <laughs> over, the, uh, over the top as Victor Your. examines the cat. Rumier. 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 I'll pick up the book. What are you two doing down there? Adrian, what are you doing? I, I'm being sprinkles. <laughs> she sighs and kind of puts her hat on and Richter rolls will. up her sleeves and uh, jumps down. Cool. Of course you are. I, I got you a present and I, I give you the ring. Like extend my hand with it. Uh, I take it and, and look at it and um, just an expression passes over her face that she... Hides very quickly, but it's it's just kind of like a Jesus Christ. It belonged to one of them. Oh, good. The skeletons in the middle of the room who are obviously trying to get out. Mm, that's comforting. Yeah, yeah. Good eye. And I'm giving scritches behind <laughs> Adrian's ear. <laughs> Why are you scratching, my friend? You found the book. I feel we should encourage this behavior. It gets good results. Purr. <laughs> Purr. <laughs> Ryan, I'm going to give you one point of advantage, which isn't a thing in this game, but fuck it. Uh, which means uh, on uh, when you want to use it, uh, you can roll three and take the best two. Thank you. For your, your, your cacting. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for making this yeah. session all the more jellical. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's possible, Tom, but just... For the term cacting, I would like to also give you advantage. <laughs> Thanks, jellical, man. I'm just going to like use that when I roll dice like for something sometime. I'll be in Vegas and I'll be like, come on, I got inspiration from Ryan that one time. For cacting. Pure. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, there's no cacting in the hotel. 
It's a Motel 6 <laughs> so down the road. So why are you peeing on the floor? It's um, mine now. <laughs> I'm going to find a book. <laughs> um. <laughs> Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I, I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes. Maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey, friends. It's Ryan, but like regular Ryan, as himself, talking about dum-dums and dice. Yes, I'm one of the people behind this show. Obviously, you're listening to the show. You're loving this show. Somebody's doing great. Probably, Probably not me, but like Tom. He does really good work. Tyler does really good work. Uh third person also does really good work. I don't know what show this is on, but the important thing is that you can support the show and join the show at patreon.com slash dice. That's right. That address that I totally just said, go there, join Dum Dums and Dice, support the show. It's going to be great. So, uh, Richter, um, you, uh, I think you, you legitimately do all that with the cat and then you kind of absentmindedly remember that there's an open book in your hand. It's like, mm. oh, um, so, uh, you look at the book, um, and, uh, it appears to be written in Latin. Do you have read Latin? Uh, language own is very high, but I don't appear to have read Latin. Okay. Anywhere. Um, I will let you roll. You'll need... How hard could it be? An extreme yeah. success. Okay. Um, but I think given that Richter speaks German, but also learned English and reads occult stuff, this is mm. theoretically possible. Uh, so do you want that to just be a read? Is that even a thing? Or a cult? Or what should it be? Um, read lips. No, I would, <laughs> I, would, I would take it as, as um, uh, your language would be fine. Okay. Own language, in this case English, but at a extreme success? Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. Okay, so um, unfortunately, um, your Latin isn't quite good enough. You know a couple people uh, probably at the library who could help you with this. Okay. Um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, you cannot You cannot read it. That said... What do I know about this book? Is it printed? Is it written in hand? It is, is there a name? It is... Yep. Um, uh, this one is a... Uh, sorry, let me just double check this. Yes, it is a handwritten... Uh, Latin book um, and it's uh, parts of it are so kind of wormy and and sort of weather worn that it's unreadable there's some parts that will be um, 
but uh, it really does again seem kind of like it was it was misplaced rather than than hidden. Um, that said, I think Red, once you kind of get the story of where it came from, you check under the cabinet, mm-hmm. and as you feel around, um, you can actually also feel there's like a much smaller book. Uh, you slide that out, and it is a finely bound journal, um, and it uh, it's musty. Um, certainly, but, uh, sort of very seemingly would have been very expensive. Um, and, um, you can see that, uh, sort of opening it to the first page, the pages start to, to crumble as you do so. Um, but, uh, you see the name, uh, William Corbett. Mm. And does this appear to be written in Latin as well? Uh, no, this is handwritten in English. Okay. Um, unfortunately, as you begin to flip, um, Yes. So it isn't uh, Corbett's journal, uh, but it is a, a journal that mentions Corbett, uh, amongst other things. There's a bunch of names you don't recognize. But of course, I think basically it's one of those things where as you start to flip the pages, the book starts to fall apart. So it's like, what can I get? Mm-hmm. Um, and all you can see kind of as it, it, it sort of falls to dust is um, uh, buried according to his wishes uh, for the one who waits in the dark. Well, that's certainly very spooky. Gentlemen, I think we are going to be looking for some bones in a basement. Okay. Uh, So with that, um, uh, Richter, you take sort of the massive leather tome. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think red, uh, it's the kind of thing where kind of dismissively you have to kind of like poke at the, the papers with your foot, but like really they've, they were so worn and, and kind of shitty. Um, but, uh, it definitely seems to be the journal of someone who, who worked at the church or who, who lived at the church. Um, the three of you are able to clamber up out of the pit. Um, and, uh, you're kind of back up in, in the church proper. Um, so again, sort of a massive, uh, like, and, and sorry, when I say massive, it's not like a cathedral, like it's, it's, you know, a, a, a small town church. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're in the church proper, which yes, is a bigger area. Yes, yeah. 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 Uh, and there's burnt out pews. Um, I think, uh, if you were to look tremendously closely, you would see some bullet holes. Um, and, um, kind of in front of the pulpit, um, there's a, a crater. Um, that's about a, a foot, a foot deep as well as some, some heavy beams that seem to have been kind of pushed to one side. Um, looking at it, uh, Richter, you begin to get a, a pulsing headache, um, and your, your hand begins to throb harder and harder, um, and you find it's wet, uh, and looking down, you can actually see that, uh, the scars have opened. It's blood. It's bleeding. Yeah. I don't like the air in here. I want to head towards it. Um, so you start to walk towards it. And I think with with every step, you kind of get another flash of of remembrance. Uh, you remember um, being um, kind of you remember sneaking. There's a, a distinct feeling of crouching and, and hiding and and you know peeking out from behind things um, in a very childish way. Of course, um, you remember. Um, seeing uh, Sally's mother grab her by the arm 
you remember seeing um, a man who I think modern Adrian would only think of as as like an important man, um, but would clearly be the pastor um, standing with his arms outstretched. Uh, you remember seeing him um, pull uh, some sort of cloth over his head. Uh, you remember a look of blood. You remember um, a flash of light. You remember Sally screaming. Uh, and you remember seeing the roof begin to collapse. Uh, and you remember catching the beam. Uh, Red, I don't think you get much of this at all. I think it's... it's um, I think if anything for you, it's the sounds. So it's... Sally in pain and fear. Um, and you you seem to just remember one word being said over and over again, being chanted, and that word was rejoice. I think she's going to, in her mind, she's like, I'm not fucking afraid of this. This is ridiculous. So I think, I think um, she would just stride right towards that crater Whatever it is, it, 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 it's it's very much a challenge of like, come on. I think Richter's there got? with you, um, because of his heroic show off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Richter's running like to get there at the first. Way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the three of you kind of find yourselves standing um, in this this crater, um, and the sound around you kind of fades a little bit. And it, it isn't necessarily something you're conscious of, but the street traffic in the distance, the sound of birds, uh, the light rain continues to fall. And I think the three of you are acutely aware that there should be five of you. And uh, Richter, I think you reach into your pocket mm-hmm. for Benny's hand. Yeah. And it's limp. There's no... Like it, it's just a, a dead hand in your in your pocket. Um, your own hand is is sort of slick with blood, uh, and you begin to see the symbol that's marked on the everywhere kind of outside. Uh, the scars you realize begin to form a bit of that pattern, and the that, eye that seems inside. to have been burnt burnt into your hand. Um, and Adrian, uh, you get a glimpse of. Sally's mother pulling her and forcing a hood, one of these sort of like white hoods over her head. Um, they're round. It's not like a clan hood, but sort of a white sack over her head with, with eye holes cut out. Um, and Sally struggling. And it's, it's literally her mom like straddling her, jamming this over her head and screaming at her rejoice. Um, and you're not sure quite what happened next, but then you remember her mother holding her hand over her face and dropping and bl- drops of blood falling from her hand onto the sack and beginning to stain it and Sally screaming. And then you remember gunshots and in the circle you turn and you vaguely remember a younger sprier grandpa Richard striding into the room and just emptying his gun into Sally's mother. And then you block out. So here's a mechanic I'm going to introduce for these flashbacks. I'm going to allow you to try and dive deeper into them or resist them. 
It'll be a different check depending on what you want to do, and there'll be different consequences for which way you want to go. But basically, when I describe these things to you, if you're like, I think my character would do everything in their power to try and grasp this, let me know. Or if my character would do everything in their power to resist this, let me know. So Adrian, I think for the purposes of this one, as this is kind of a... No, that's... That's yeah. as much as he could take, probably. Yeah, yeah, I figured. Um, so it's not a. It, it's I would say it's a gentle, like almost a swoon. It's the overwhelmed collapse, and, not and, a. But also, there's something kind of weirdly balletic about it, even though you're such a huge man, because um, it's literally your, your body just kind of being like, "We're good. We're done here." Um, Red, uh, you see Adrian kind of collapse into this uh, this crater. Um, Richter, I imagine you're probably trying to get some kind of reaction from the hand. I think now I'm. I want to follow the pain like a, like a dousing rod. Mm-hmm. Like I want to point it around the church. I'm. I think I'm sort of trying to get my bearings of maybe not necessarily my bearings, but just like this is the kind of action you were looking for. Right. You've been running away from this specific action, but you're here now. What What are you running from? What are you why are you why are you afraid? Right. Okay. Fear is not fear is like lack of knowing, and that's all you want I is see. the knowing. I see. Okay, cool. Uh Red, what are you doing with this? Do I notice uh the shape of the scars on his hand? I don't think I'm right. pointing it outward to So then yes, I think some. you you could, yes. Okay. Um She logs that away. Uh I'm gonna go for Adrian. Okay, so he doesn't look like he's in any pain. His his face is is slack, but not, you know, not in agony. It literally just seems like the lights went out. Um, so yeah, I think you rush to his side, and um, you can roll me a first aid check if you'd like. Uh, wait, is this a hundred or ten? That's ten. 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 Um, Ooh, that sounds good then. That's a uh, hard success. Hard success, great. Um, so you very quickly check his vitals. Uh, I think your knowledge of first aid comes more from like field medic, yep. like patch yourself up after my being shot. My goons have come back into my lair many a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, and vice versa, which is like you've been in the field and you've shot someone. You're like, I need to make sure they're dead and I yep. don't want to waste a bullet. Um, he seems uh, uh, troubled, but... Uh, not in any immediate danger or harm. Okay. Um, Richter, um, you begin to kind of uh, feel around with the the thing. Um, I guess, can you roll me a... Because, I mean, what I really want is a memory check, but that doesn't really exist. So let's go with history. history. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad roll. It's 97. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I think it's garbage. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, I'll spend luck to bring it down to 75, which is my highest threshold for any kind of success. I do have Oh, so it's a re- regular success at 75? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So down right. from 97, I got to do some quick stupid person math. Sure, no worries. Um, so with that, um, you... You start feeling your way around and you, you're you kind of, I think, you do that thing where you kind of like go back to the, the entrance and as you start to feel uh, similar to how you did in the car, 
you raise your hand, maybe you raise Benny's hand in the, the finger gun thing. <laughs> um, and you begin to almost like walk through as though you're like, it, it's a uh, fucking boondock scenes. You're trying to like, uh, or Will Graham in Hannibal, like you're trying to like recreate, recreate it. it, just, just spark memories. And as you do with a, with a regular success, you're not going to get much, but you do remember firing your pistol repeatedly. Um, and you seem to remember yelling something to the effect of not her. Um, and your hand begins to throb as though you're holding something very, very tightly, um, almost agonizingly tightly. Um, and then kind of as you hold up your hand, it feels, it feels right. You feel like you're almost holding this up along with the gun, almost like a police badge. Um, and you remember the feeling of blows, people hitting you, attacking you, but it not hurting. Hmm. Um, and then a flash of light. And that's about all I think I can give you on a, on a regular. Okay. Um, so having kind of, I think, relived as much as you can, um, you go over and help Red kind of hoist Adrian. Uh, it's getting dark now. Uh, the sun has gone down. The rain is getting heavier, so you're all kind of drenched. Um, Red, your hat's keeping most of the water out of your face, um, but I think it's it's now cold enough that, that this is a gently unpleasant for, for both of you. Um, you haul Adrian back into ice cream, and um, you're... Do you guys think you say anything to each other on, oh, on your way back are, to the car? We are going to have a conversation. Yeah. All right. So what, what do you guys say as you drag him back to the car? We'll say this is the entire process of hoisting a very, very large unconscious man from a pit <gasps> to a car. <laughs> do you mind telling me what that was all about? What do you mean? Uh, Addy here passing out all of us. I'm assuming all of us having strange visions about. I that didn't night. see anything. Yeah. But yeah. I do have to ask you about that symbol on your hand. It is not going to notice. And if you happen to notice, it is all around this church and places it shouldn't be. So what am I not being told? I don't understand it. I, this symbol was on the pages, the Bible pages that came with Benny. I thought this was a symbol of the enemy or some kind of opposing force. But I remember holding... An amulet with this symbol An in amulet. my hand. Well, that's not suspicious. Protected me. I remember that night I had some trinket, and it kept me safe. Is that why it's burned into your palm? I don't know why it's burned into my palm. I I forget it's even there half the time. I'm sure you do. I didn't <sighs> recognize it when I saw the symbols on the Bible pages. It, the scarring came back. Mm -hmm. More vivid. This whole situation doesn't sit right with me because this isn't just in the past. Do you see that paint on the outside of the church? That is new, that is fresh, and I don't like it. I didn't come back here for the supernatural. I came back here for my friend, and my friend is gone. So tell me, why should I stay? Why am I not getting the first car back to Boston? Because you're a mystery puncher, and you don't give up. That's an old life. That's... That's Tracy's life. Well, what about Sally? What about Sally? Do you remember her mother at all? 
Do I? Uh, yeah, uh, I think in the way that uh, you know, four childhood best friends would would know mm. each other's parents. Um, I'm gonna say that despite Sally kind of being the most earnest of the crew, um, her parents were uh, kind of the strictest. Um, I think you didn't. They were the parents you guys were the least excited to have to spend time with. Um, it was the house where there was only water to drink, and the sandwiches <laughs> were mostly cream cheese. Um, Religious, very, mm-hmm. uh, very fervent um, uh, followers of the Church of Contemplation. Um, and um, that said, they were very supportive of Sally. Um, they were highly encouraging. Where Benny and I think Adrian, Adrian particularly, would be really worried about coming home with bad grades. Um, Sally would stress herself out, but you do recall her parents being incredibly kind about about that sort of thing. Um, They weren't a huge fan of of her hanging out with all of you, um, but uh, Sally was one of five children. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, as a result, you know, a little easier to, to sort of sneak out. So, um, yeah, you, you remember, um, the, uh, I believe it's Sally Hawkins. No, that's, I, I think it's Harris. Harris. Sally Harris. Thank you. Yes. Uh, you remember the, uh, the Harrises, okay. um, and, uh, say, um, uh, Milton and Genevieve. Um, one last question. Did, did I get a sense of like what religion this was that was at the church, like this church of contemplation? Was it just like, this is a Catholic church or a Christian church or that kind of thing? Unfortunately for you, because you didn't really care, it mm-hmm. was vaguely Christian. Okay. Um, it's about as much as you can know. And I mean, the, the records, uh, the record books would tell you kind of what denomination it was specifically. But I think for you and, and cause again, I don't think you and Adrian went very often. This, the only reason you went the night it burned was because you thought there might be a mystery afoot. Mm. Um, but, um, okay. It, the church was, um, it's not the only church in town. Um, there are bigger churches. There are a couple, there are two, two other churches that are larger. Um, but, uh, as is the way with a lot of small town churches, this was like, if you went to this one, you went cause you really fucking liked this church Yeah. and you remember the pastor being incredibly charismatic. Right. Of course he was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, super charming as, as older people go, just kind of seemed, seemed more with it than, than you'd expect. Cool. Yes. I remember her parents were your religious types. I remember they were here that night. Mm-hmm. I remember I needed to protect her from them and I can't remember why. What did you see in that church, Richter? Monsters. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark alleys and sentinel by kai engel and our ads use the tracks no control and chiefs by jazzar j-a-h-z-z-a-r and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org when it comes to dum-dums and dice you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com our twitter and instagram are dumdumdice and on facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice 
We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them and a little bit of thanks to you the fable and folly network where fiction producers flourish this is yanni and welcome to season two of harlem queen thank you for listening the season picks up with the search for michelle you are listening to the Floyd J. Kelvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic, and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutante, lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about Sinclair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. Oh, my God.